praise the Lord. I'll bless his holy name this morning. I'm going to just do a little verse of one of old time favorites. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. Friends don't treat me like they used to since I laid my burdens down. Friends don't treat me like they used to since I laid my burdens down. Burdens down, Lord. Burdens down, Lord, since I laid my burdens down. Burdens down, Lord. Burdens down, Lord, since I laid my burdens down. One more time, y'all. Burdens down, Lord. Burdens down, Lord. Since I laid my burdens down, burdens down, Lord, burdens down, Lord, since I laid my burdens down, glory. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God is good to us. And um, let the redeem of the Lord say so. Amen. Last week we had an awesome time in here talking about our vision, talking about what God is doing when we begin to worship him and we begin to praise him, that it really activates our faith. It activates our mindset. It activates what we're doing in our spirit. And what I love about God is uh, he has layers, you know, um, of what he tries to do through us and in us. And because of that, we can keep it moving. Amen. Amen. We can keep it moving. And so um, I I want to deal with the fear factor today. This was a well-known TV show. But when I left the place uh, last week, the word was so profound, and as you know, as we pour out, Brother James, God begins to give us something new, and um, I want to talk about the reason why we don't really move into our vision. After we've had the church, after we had the worship, after we've shouted and danced and praised God and laughed and ran and fellowship, at the end of the day, you got to go home. And so the same thing that we fight every day in our life where the enemy is concerned, he brings this thing called fear. 
And fear keeps us from moving in our vision. Fear keeps us from moving in the posture that God has given us and has ordained for us. And so what I'm going to do, we're going to deal with Zechariah, the fourth chapter, the first verse through the sixth verse. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. That That is our keynote scripture, but you know we're going to bounce around in other words, uh, in, in, in <laughs> all over the place. And y'all know how I do. I just don't stay in one area because I believe that if the word of God, once the word of God comes upon us, it is line upon line and precept upon precept. So Zechariah, uh, the fourth chapter, the first verse through the sixth verse. And then we're going to talk uh, from first Corinthians, the second chapter. Uh, and the third verse. And 2 Timothy, the first chapter, uh, and the seventh verse. Okay. Glory to God. And so last week we were talking about how God, when we begin to worship, he activates our vision. He gives us a new revelation. He gives us a new mindset to walk in it. But then after he does that, we write it down, and we, we say, God, you know, you said in this, you showed it to me, <laughs> you gave it to me, we pray over it, we anoint it, but then there's a thing called fear, and in First Timothy, the first chapter and seventh verse, he said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and love and a sound mind. So, there's another scripture said that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So many of us don't realize that God wants stability out of us. He wants us to be stable in everything that we do because our vision just does not Im impact us. It, imp it impacts everyone that is connected to us. And so as we begin to build it, and we were talking about phase two, whatever God has, you know, we know that God has given our visionaries, our pastors, um, a vision of their own to increase this parking lot, to um, add on to the church, to take over the property. That is their vision. But I know that God has given us all individual visions, whether it's concerning our family, whether it's concerning our finances, whether it's concerning our jobs. Many of us. We have the, 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 we have the blueprint in our mind what we should be doing. But when it comes to putting the faith to action for the next steps, there seems like there's always a stumbling block, Brother James, like it's a hindrance. And so I want to talk about fear today. Because fear keeps the people of God from really walking into certain arenas. Whether it's not enough money, whether it's not enough connections, 
whether it's not enough uh, where you have enough people that you that you need. Like we, we, we said, we need enough people. So you say, Lord, how can I do this with 10 people? Lord, how can I do this with 20 people? God, if you've given me an idea that's going to do something in the earth realm that's going to transform the lives, not just me and my family. My, my aunt is working on a project right now, and she's saying, I need everybody in the whole family <laughs> to get on board with this because this is a big thing. This is a big thing. And then the stumbling block hit, and now we don't even talk about it no more on the phone, bruh. We don't talk about it no more. You was, she was excited about it last year. She was like, Tonka, I got this blueprint, and, and God showed me this. She said, and I got, I got pastor praying on it. I got my pastor here in Atlanta praying on it. I got the, the, my, my, uh, the, my friend out here in, in, in Virginia praying on it. I want her to come in and help me do it. But the vision, she got excited about it, but there was a stumbling block along the way. And so we don't even mention it. We don't even talk about it no more. So I'm going to ask her, because we're accountable to each other, I'm going to ask her, where's the excitement at? You was ex where, where, what happened? Because we allow, even though we got enough money, we got enough pull in the spirit, sometimes fear takes place, bruh. And we feel like we need this amount of group. Of, if I don't have this group of people with me to do it, it ain't going to get done. And if we just take the handful that we have, bruh, you know, the woman of God, Miss Veronica brought up last, she said, Gideon, he had too many people. God told me he had too many people rolling with him. Your vision causes you, glory be to God, to step in an arena where you don't have, even though you got enough money visually, you really don't have enough money. Even though you got enough connections over here visually, in the spirit realm, God's like, I don't need them over here. I need you focus on me because at the end of the day, the vision that I gave you was so profound that everybody can't go with you. Everybody cannot move with you in this thing. And Brother James brought it up with the, book, with the book of Habakkuk. He said, write the vision and make it plain. So that those that read it can run swiftly. Let's go to Zechariah real quick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead real quick. Yeah, Brother James, she had talked to me about the vision, all excited, but she had a, surmount, a, sur, a surmountable money, amount of money that they're giving her to do, to do this. And, uh, uh -oh. and we were talking about um, the money, and she's got a lot of money is going to be given to her. So my thing is, with everything that you've got, you're going to have to be really, really careful mm -hmm. of handling that much money mm -hmm. around people that you don't even know. You know, she don't know these people, but they're, they're, they're determined. Tell, she said they're calling her, giving her a lot of money. So we got grants. We got, we got grants on. We can give to you right now. And I'm thinking, and I was going to tell her, you know, you got to be careful collecting all this money because this money's got, and I'm not having any doubt what she's going to use right. or not, but I'm just saying, right. you're connecting yourself to all these big people down there in Atlanta that's got all this money mm -hmm. that she says is going to be released. I'm looking for a building. She's telling me she's looking for a building and, Better get bread in. She's coming to Springfield. Oh, it's it's a it's a worldwide thing. They're gonna put it in every state. She says. So, I'm just concerned about all the money that she's gonna be using for this vision. And I I didn't doubt it because this is something that mother said that we she needed all of us to get on board and everybody be included in the vision. Yeah. So 
Uh, oh, go ahead, bro. My bad. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, Sister Linda, you 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 make a valid point when you when you say you concerned about all the money that she's handling and involves other people. And I said that to say this. You're standing before a brother that back in the 70s, I handled over $150,000 cold-blooded cash money and hadn't finished counting money. This is back in the 70s. Some would say that's a lot of money now. But back then, we definitely know that was a lot of money for African-American young man to be handling. And the reason why I brought that up is, is I want to tell you something about money that I know for a fact. You said you're not worried about profit mishandling in this money and neither am I. Money don't change one individual. It changes the people around you. I want y'all to hear that. It, it, it don't cha- it's not going to change the profit but I'm telling you what I know from experience. It changed the people around you. Money will make people accuse you of things. They don't have a thing in their mind what was really going on. Right. But it, it, it'll make you change your thought and your right. perception of a person. And especially if she's handling the money. You know, so I get where you're coming from. Because it don't change the individually per se. Because it didn't change me. But I looked around me and include my family and the people around. It changed them. It made them different, act different towards me. Because the thing of it was, they were trying to get. So it changed their mentality. They wasn't like that before I accumulated all this money. But as soon as all the money came into play, you know, it, it had them thinking, how can I get some? So it changed their mentality towards me. Because they don't have my best interest at heart. Y'all better hear the deacon. I'm not talking about something somebody told me. I'm telling you from experience that it will change individuals around you. Puff and them made the song years ago. The more money you come across, the more problems you'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. The world knows. The more money you come across, the more problems you'll see. And that's just the way it is. That's right. They say money is the root of all evil. It ain't the money per se. Come on now. It's the people that's handling the money. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with I got a few dollars in my pocket right now. And ain't nothing wrong with a little money, bro, Fred. Ain't nothing wrong with having a little money. But if it's going to change your perceptions of how you see others, if it's going to change your way of walking with Christ, if it's going to change your walk, then yeah, it's, it's, it could be become a root of all evils. Right. It's how you handle money. That's right. I was just telling them, brother Fred, in the 70s, I counted $150,000 in the 70s. That's a lot of money back then, brother Some people say that's a lot of money now, bro. Jane, what are you talking about? You know? And, and it... It didn't really change me, brother Fred. Yeah. It made me more paranoid about the people around me that had changed. Come on now. Come it made me, you know. Yes. And, and it, I guess it had something to do with the way I was getting it, too. Right, right. 
you know, when you when you getting it illegal, you know, yeah. And and and, and when you getting it illegal and, and you study bringing it in and you know people are watching you, you know, and they they they're trying to figure out how can I get you. I'm talking about my close friends. So you got a point that it might not change auntie, but most definitely it's going to change the people around her, you know, and it'll make them come at her at a different angle. You know, it'll make them sometime accuse her of something that they haven't a clue. It, it will do. So, but Tonka, you, you definitely, you on point today when we talking about fear yes. and, and it, you know, when fear set in, it could change your course. It could change your destiny of what you're trying to do or what you're trying to accomplish. And fear definitely plays a big part in a lot of our strive to, to get where we want to go, yes. you know. But here's the thing, and I'm going to sit down if I say that. So here's the thing. When God gives you a vision, when God puts a vision in your head, in your mind, We got to be strong enough and have enough faith built up in us not to let the fear factor kick in and change the vision that God has given us. That's where a lot of the problem comes in at. You know, God give it to you. God got all power. He give you a vision. And you look around and you say, I ain't got enough people. See, you're starting off on a bad foot, the wrong foot right then and there. Right. I ain't got. If God give you the vision, why are you going to start off saying, I ain't got? Right. If he give you the vision, he's going to give you the artillery to, to, to bring it to pass. That's right. That's right. And, and that's when that's right. fear kicks in. That's right. When the first thing you say out your mouth, I ain't got. That's right. I ain't got enough money to do this, God. God didn't put that in the vision. He put a vision in you. You do what I t- do the vision. Let me worry about the money. Because right. everything is God's anyway. That's right. and, and that's what we make our mistake at, Tonka. Right from the start, we speak things out our mouth. You know? Because you, you know how a lot of people fall out of shape on every holiday, Tonka. Right. Thing, oh, Lord, I ain't got it. I can't. You're speaking that thing right off the breakaway. I ain't got. So we got to let that stop letting that fear factor take charge of our faith. It, 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 you know, because we do that a lot. You know, you, what's that? You, you, the Bible talks about that steadfast faith. Yeah, steadfast. Steadfast. Yes, sir. You know, you got to have that faith with man. That can't nothing break into it, you know. You got to just have that faith and know that God is who he say he is. He sits high. He looks low. He, he's in charge. Yes. We got to have that mentality. God is in charge. And if he give me a vision, then he must go give me what I need down it. Let me, let me do this real quick. Because Brother James said something. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brother James was speaking, and he said, and he said something profound about the, not only money, 
money changes the people around you. But there was something else that kind of dropped in my spirit, Brother Fred. Why do you think your vision changes the people around you? Think about that. You may not even have enough money to do what you have, but you may have a multi-million dollar vision. And sometimes there could be an inferiority complex with a person or individual. It's a psychology thing, and I'm learning. The more that you discuss with people concerning what God has showed you, quote unquote, what the Lord has put in your spirit, the more that it gives open avenue for the desires or the insecurities of other people to come out. Amen, somebody. The insecurities of people will come out when you talk too much. We saw it in, jo in, in, in the book of Genesis with Joseph, where when he was talking about what the Lord has showed him, what God had put in his spirit concerning his family, his brothers, and immediately he, 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 he was talking so much until the Bible said that his brothers became enraged with him. There's a, there's a commentary in an amplified version where they said he, they became, uh, they were, became angered. Of because of what he told them in his dream, in his vision. And so many of us don't realize that sometimes God will put the anointing of just hush on you. <laughs> because, you know, you, everything ain't for everybody. And especially, especially when it's a big idea, everything, you can't discuss your vision with everyone because they're not going to understand it. And so when Brother James was talking about the money, I said, man, if the money if the vision ain't even came to pass yet, but the money is there. Because when you were in the world, you had a desire what you wanted to do with all that money. Even though it was illegal, you had a mindset that you wanted to do. You had something that you was going to accomplish. And I've noticed that people that are out in the world, it seemed like with the less money they have, but the more connections that they have, and they don't even include God in the factor, they get it done. But it seemed like when we're in church, folk, when we come together, it's like we need this person, we need Brother Watermelon to come into agreement. We, will, we need Sister Peaches to come into agreement. We need uh, Junior Apple to come in. And it's like, you know, God ain't moved by what we have. God ain't moved by what we have because he would have given it to you a long time ago. We got to be able to handle what God has given us. So it's not necessarily the money aspect, Brother Jane. It's it, like you were saying, it ain't the root of all. It, it, that ain't the, that, that's not the, the, the love of money is the root of all the evil, but money ain't the root of all evil. But it's how we look at what God is showing us concerning our vision, how we see it and how we present it to others. And if the money does come, how does it change the way we see it? Because we look in, sometimes when we talk too much and we show people too much, we start looking at our vision through the eyes of other people. That inferiority complex. See, because a lot of times when we, when we, we, we don't discuss the plans with God, especially if it was a big vision, when we don't discuss with God what he showed us, we start to measure ourselves based on what people say, based on what our friends say, based on what our family say. And that's why you need only just a few people to come into agreement with you concerning a thing. You don't need the whole nation. <laughs> as, a, as a message that was preached, Brother Bogart, he said, he said, all God needs is a few good men. We've got to understand 
that the motive of our operation, what God has called us to do, and our motives, once your motives, and I heard Jake say this, when your motives become purified, he said he didn't even ask to be famous, Brother James. He didn't even ask to be in the movie arena where he's a director of multi-million dollar movies, Brother Fred. It just came to him. See, when our motives become pure, just like you said, the people that you surround, it paranoid your family around you. Their motives wasn't right, Brother James. And that's why the operation failed. The operation can fail based on the motives of people around us. The vision can fail based on the people around us. And if we don't get in the mindset and say, God, all I need is just a few that's going to come into agreement. And then if a few don't show up, I'm going to stand here like the, in the Bible he said, I, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So I'm going to encourage myself into the thing manifest. Amen, amen. I just want to say Brother James gave, gave me another clue. I, was, I went to the gym on Thursday morning. And I walked back, walked back down from um, Dolan Park. And there's there's three kind of three buildings down, and I thought, man, this is a good day for me to look for the building for my pies, for for my mom's pies. And I thought, uh, let me let me look. So I went up to the went up to the window that building right there by uh, by uh, the subways there, and I looked in the window. I said, oh wow, I saw I, can, I see stuff in here. I saw I see my ovens back then. I said, wow, look at all this space. I can have my little tables and people can sit down and eat. And the moment I walked away, I, then I left that and I went to one on the other side of the street. And I said, oh, uh, this, don't look, this don't look like the one that he's showing me where the tables are. So I went on up and standing by the bus stop. And all of a sudden, I thought, it, it come into my mind again. Where am I going to get the money for this? I said, boy, that would be nice if I could just get that building for like $5,000 or so. No, maybe it would be $10,000. And right, right away, my mind started thinking. Where am I going to get the money for this? I want this to happen like right now. I want ovens to come in. I want the floors done. I want the table, the chairs. I want the little curtains all up to the windows. And I was thinking to myself, boy, I bet your pastor could really, she could really put some chairs and fix it up kind of homely-like. And I walked, walked on back, and I thought, man, it, that would sure be nice if I could just get that. And then when I was in my bedroom last night walking around, and the Spirit said, go back and look again. I said, well, maybe this is, this is the building that God wants me to have. He said, go back and take a look at it again. I said, wow. I said, this thing is coming because he had told me, he said, this property is going to grow out of this house. He said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out of this house. And, and all of a sudden, I just start looking. And there it was. He said, go back and look again. So I do know that money and fear will, will have you, have you, yeah. Let's, let's go to uh, Zechariah, the fourth chapter real quick, because that's our keynote scripture here. Those are just coming in. And, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to start at the third verse. And this is God speaking to the prophet concerning them returning back to their original place in God. And he, he was showing, he started dealing with him first. I, and one of the things I love about God, whenever there's a prophetic word that's about to be released, God starts deal, dealing with the messenger way before he deals with the people. He deals with the messenger so they can understand the mindset of walking in what he has called them as a people to do. So he deals with the messenger first, then he deals with the people. Okay? Zechariah, the fourth chapter, starting at three. Yes, sir. Two olive trees by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other on the left. So I answered 
and spoke to the angel who talked to me with me saying, what are these, my Lord? And then the angel of the Lord said, who talked with who talked with me, answer and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And he answered and said unto me, this is the word of the Lord to Zabalabel or Zerubbabel, not by thine own power, but by by spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We're going to stop right there. What God is causing us to see concerning our vision, you can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own might. You can't do it in your own influx. You can't do it with your own education, your own intuition. You have to do it through the power of God. And so because he is a merciful God, God, because he is time, he going to wait on us, Brother James. He ain't going to wait forever, but he going to wait on us till we get it in our mindset that we can't do this by ourselves. Once again, I said, it'll come to you if, if, it already if you already would have had the vision and everything would have been manifest, everything would have been peaches of cream, he, it, you already would have had it. But it, it takes a mindset. It takes a mindset to change in order to know that you can't do it in your own strength. Amen? And we're going to go back to Habakkuk, the, what Deacon James brought up last, uh, last week. Go, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yes, sir. This whole thing that we're talking about today, fear factor. Yes. Something that I missed when I was up here first, but it hit me in the spirit sitting down just now. I don't know where we're talking, Linda. I know Brother Fred wasn't here a few years ago when I preached a message in this church, and the title of the message was, You Must Yield to the Process. We go out here in this traffic, and every time that traffic coming, what we do, we yield to it. We as people, Brother Fred, we got a problem with yielding to the process. In other words, we got a problem with letting the process take its course. My God. We have a problem with it. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I, I remember that message. I got that. I was in St. Louis. Looking over my wife, she was having a liver transplant. And the spirit hit me looking at her. It's a process, man. You got to have patience and yield to it. Let it take its course. But Fred, I, I often crack a joke. In the church, there ain't nothing wrong with laughing from time. But it's so profound about this joke. If we're going to stay up worrying about situations, worrying about problems, and not yielding to the process, you know what God say? I'm going to bed. Since you're going to stay up worrying about I'm going to go ahead and go to sleep, man. You go ahead. You go ahead and stay up worrying about it. Because it seems like you're trying to tap into my job. That's what God said. You know, so I'm going to go ahead and go to sleep. You go ahead and stay up worrying about you know, what's going on. It, it may sound funny, bro, Fred, but it's the truth. Think about some things that you done went through in your life. You up God said, okay, you do that. I'm going to give me some rest, man. I'm going I'm to lay down, man. You know, since you're going to lay up and you're trying to take my job, I'm going to lay down and rest myself, you know, because you into worrying when I done told you I'll never leave you. Come on now. 
nor forsake you. I done told you that. But yet and still, you up worrying about what's going on. We got to stop letting circumstances and situations dictate to us how we do things. We, we got to stop it, Brother Fred, letting circumstances and situations dictate. The pastors preach a message all the time, Brother Fred. They say, listen, stop looking at what you see. Stop believing what you're praying for. You keep looking at what you see, and that's what's got you all twisted. Instead of believing what you're praying for. Yes. Why are you praying if you ain't going to believe it ain't going to come to fruition? Come on now. Stop that. I'm going to sit down. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> the pastors drove all the way to St. Louis to hold me. She was with her. Son, stop it. Right, right. She left Springfield and drove all the way to St. Louis. Come on now. Stop seeing what you see with your wife. Stop believing what you're praying for. She held me and told me, stop it, son. And let me go. I went on back to sleep. Hallelujah. Went on back to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. That's a three-hour and a half trip. She didn't tell me on the phone. She came up there and grabbed me. You better get it together. Stop it. Stop seeing what you see. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Faith is things that you, is unseen. Yes. Y'all know the scripture. Yes. 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 <laughs> but we got a problem. If we can't see it, we don't believe it. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Y'all know yes. I'm telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we can't see it, we don't believe it. Then that's not the, that, that's thinking the wrong way. If you read the Bible. Hallelujah. Faith is things that's unseen. Unseen things, you know. To, and I'm sitting, you know. Pastor told me years ago. I asked her. I say, "Does our faith move God?" You know what she told me? That's the only thing that moves him. Come on now. She said, "That's the only thing that yes, moves." Yes, sir. Him. How much faith you got in him? That thing stuck with me for years. She said, "That's the only thing that moves." Is how much faith you got in him? That'll move you. Know, My God. When he see you got total faith in him, he'll pull up a chair. Who wrong you? What's wrong? Tell daddy about it. That's what God will do. Tell me about it. Yes. But when he see you ain't got much faith in him, why would he pull up a chair? You know, when, when your faith is weak. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, man. That's we. Powerful. That's powerful. You know, as Bud was talking, this 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 is this is so profound. Oh, oh, is this good, y'all? This is good. Listen, I, I I want you all to go over to Second Timothy real quick for me because God, God, the Apostle Paul, when he was beginning to talk to Timothy, because you know God began to deal with me. I was there was a time where I was in a position where I did not really know what I really wanted to do when it had to do with ministry. I. I knew in my mind, but I did not have the mindset change to really flow into it. And Brother James sent me down. We was in the car. We was riding. Music was going. And he said, he had been asking me for about three weeks, y'all. He said, I, need, I, I, really need you to, I really need you to preach. He said, I really need you to give a word. He said, because 
You know, and this was a time where the pastor was on the road because there was something going on. Like every week we was getting hit. And then sis, she was getting hit in her family. So she couldn't be with us. Then there was something going on with, I, I think, uh, with, with at the time, Sister Sue was with us. I mean, everybody was getting, it was only a few few of us in there. It was about, a few, about five or six of us in there one Sunday. I mean, <laughs> it was just me, Brother James, Terry, my mom, and, and, and I believe Debbie was there. Patty was there. And I think one of the kids was there. We didn't even, Sister Veronica and the kid, they weren't even with us at the time. And there was something, it was just stuff just every week. There was something back in 2013, I believe. We were just getting hit, hit, hit. Boom, 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 boom. And Brother James said, we, he said, if you think <laughs> you're going to be sitting there every Sunday, 20, you, he said, you are the preacher. And I said, God, why is it the, the, the deacon I said, he the one left in charge, but he want me to preach. And when he, it dawned on me, he said, God said, because he's the overseer, but you the mouthpiece. Come on here, somebody. Everywhere where we go, you when you need somebody to link up with a vision God showed you, you got to have a, a back person in the background that's pushing you, that's trying to encourage you, that's trying to shift your mindset. Because a lot of times when we have some of the people that talk the loudest struggle the worst. You got folk that's struggling to move in what God has called them to do and have nobody encourage them. They encourage everyone else, but they can't encourage themselves. Watch this, what Paul tells Timothy. Watch this. He said in 2 Timothy, the first chapter and verse 5, he said, when I call to the remembrance of the unfringed faith that is in thee, which dwell in your grandmother. Come on here, y'all. Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that thee is in also. Wherefore, I put in thee the remembrance in you that the gift must be stirred of God, which is by the putting of the laying on of hands. God wants to stir something in us that was an inheritance gift that we inherited from the prayers of our mother, from the prayers of our grandmother, from the prayers of some mother of the church, from the prayers of some person, some mentor, some father in the spirit that mentor and help motors. Because a lot of us, we have a great plan, we have a great vision, but sometimes you got to go back to that old landmark. You got to go back to that place you first heard God in prayer. And ask God, listen, God, I know you told me this. I know you showed me in this, but I need someone to come into agreement with me right now to stop my gift because somewhere along the line, I forgot that God even told me what to do. Somewhere along the line, I lost my faith. So this unfringed faith that he was talking about that his grandmother had and his mother had had to be reignited. Because if you don't have someone to reignite the faith in you that comes into agreement in you to reignite your faith, then you're going to be stagnated. You're going to be staying in one place. 
You're not going to move in the real things of God. Because you. Th sometimes we think, well, because I'm in this place in Missouri, God called me to, that I'm really being effective. Sometimes you can have all the tools, the vision could be in, uh, uh, in place, but you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong posture. Sometimes God got to get you to move somewhere else for a season. Sometimes God got to get you to move across town. You know, there's nothing worse than a stagnated Christian that they talk a lot of game, but when it comes down to when, like Brother James, I'll say, you got to put up or shut up. Sometimes when you ask people that, that, that got a real deliverance on their life, they've been through hell and high water. They know every avenue. They know every scripture. They ain't heard every word. They got Facebook, YouTube. They got all these tools, but they ain't never moved nowhere. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, since we were here yes, sir. In, in 2 Timothy, yes, sir. I got hey. one of my favorite scriptures about this word highlighted in pink, not in yellow, in pink. I want to make sure every time I run through Timothy, this pink catch my attention. Over in 2 Timothy 3, Starting at 16. And this, this, this scripture here, it, it, it tells us about really what this Bible is all about. It says, all scriptures is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives? It, it, it didn't say some of the scriptures, Brother Fred. In my Bible, it says all scriptures is inspired by God. I said in this church many times, Brother Fred, we know a lot of the writers in this Bible, but do we know the author? All scriptures are inspired by God. Yes, sir. Who is the author? teaching, rebuking, correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Come on. It's, it's the same, but it just breaks it down a little differently. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad you did that just now, Brother Fred. I'm glad you did it because... This Bible, it's our path through life if we take it seriously. And if, and if you don't read the manual and you think you're just going to figure it out yourself, but a lot of times it takes a long time or it don't work right at all. Amen. So if you get to the the manual, the manual of life, and 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 thoroughly go through it right. 
Amen. And then listen to the Lord. Everything go right. In. And life is easy. And peaceful and joy come. You know, but without all, without the Lord and the Bible and stuff, you, you makes struggle. It hard. We make it hard. You know, yeah, you, you, you run out all into all kind of things. You know, it, it, that's just well, living long enough you find that out. Well, I have. I have, bro, Fred. See, I often say in my prayers, God, this is for those who don't believe. God, this is for those who don't believe. Because as you know and I know, they're on the wrong path. And if you would just have a little mercy on them, which, which, what you do, but but I, I'm praying for the unbelievers at all all, all the time, Be, because I know within my heart of hearts, if they don't change their belief, they're gonna bust hell wide open. You cannot set into the kingdom of God, and you ain't believe the doggone thing that He's said in His Word. I, I got to tell this story right here real quick. Jesse Duplain. Everybody know about Jesse. Yes. Little short old gray-haired preacher. Been preaching for a long time. Jesse told me one night, sitting in my bedroom, I'm, and I'm watching the TV. I'm watching him on too. Jesse said, he said he was taking a flight out of the country. And he said, Lord, behold, come find out he was sitting beside an atheist. He said he let him go on and on about why he don't believe. Bloop! Something happened with the plane. He said, first thing that man spit out of his mouth, pray. Pray. This plane was jerking. They hit a turmoil. And Jesse said he turned to him, why should I pray? You don't believe. Jesse said he told, he told him, pray for what? You don't believe. He said, he said, I believe that man was a believer when the plane landed. <laughs> so it's never too late. The point of his story, it's never too late. But this is why I pray, God, show them the way. Because I know they don't know. They're lost when they don't believe in you. And you is the word. God, this is, this is God right here. The word. And you know, this is just real good today. And 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 Brother Fred did that, that 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 strip, yeah. You got to highlight that strip and, and and look at that strip from time to time. You know? All scriptures. They're inspired by God. You know, to teach us, to show us, to encourage us. Oh, didn't say some tongue, it say all scriptures. Yes. If we if we go down to verse seven in Second Timothy, glory be to God. Second Timothy chapter number one, verses seven. He said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power. 
this is Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verses 7, which is right under the, the verse that we went through earlier. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You know, God always, he, if the people's mind don't change, how can we build anything? How can you, how can you get your vision just off of paper if your mind does not change? And, that, and it comes with, like you said, taking the rebuke of the word, taking the correction of the word, taking the word, and not just take it with a grain of salt. Because you know what? Well, we got like a hundred and some translations, y'all, of this Bible. We got it on, te on television. We got it on YouTube. We got it on our phones. So the word of God is always staring at us. God's given us special insight through his word. But there's so many times we get, we, I, I believe we were talking about last, but we get tunnel vision, Brother Jay. We, we can only really see what's in front of us. We don't even use a peripheral vision. We don't even use that the word, the word was, the world that we live in was framed by his word. It was framed. Sister Ronica said, said it was framed. So if you look at a frame, you look at, there was parts and pieces that needed to come together in order for it to be formed to create something. So when God has us to do our vision, you, you can't produce your vision without his word. You cannot produce money without his word. We have to have his word. We have to operate in the word of God. That It, it transforms our mind and our intellect. So that we don't see the negative. We always strive for the positive. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear, the fear factor that steps up in us is because when we, 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 we understand that fear is a spirit. Just like worship is a spirit, fear is a spirit. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth, but we all understand that there's fear. So if you worship in God, how can you operate in fear at the same time? Think about that. Think about that. How can you flow in your vision and then operate in fear at the same time? How can you flow in the gifts and the calling? Because hear, hear me when I say this. Some of the best of us, some of the best that are out here in, in, in the, what we call the church world can preach, pray, and prophesy and strongly gift it, but that don't mean they don't operate in fear. You got folk that are preach, pray, and prophesy for folk. They'll believe God for people in their whole congregation to give them a $25, or $35 line, a $100 line, but they can't even believe God for their own faith to kick in for them to go out and make a living. You can't pimp God's faith. You can't pimp his anointing. You can't pick, uh, pimp the callings and the gifts of God because we, what we're seeing is people are taking this in the world like your P. Diddy's and your 50 Cent's and your Oprah Winfrey's and all these people that's got money. They are taking this, 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 these, um, how can I say this? They're taking these principles that we use, bruh, in the Bible and they're using it in corporate America. They're using it on the television. They're using it in the entertainment industry. And you got people that's been in church for over almost 40 years and can't even tell you what a principal looked like. We, we, we have got to get off what we see and base everything what we heard God say. Sometimes we look too much. 
<laughs> you got folk that's always looking at something negative. They looking for the negative in your vision. They looking for the negative of what you told them, what God showed you in prayer. Especially if you, like, you, don't, if you don't have no money or especially if you don't have no connections. We tear down each other's vision way too much, y'all. We kill people with our tongue way too much. We rob people of what, they, what God showed them based on our own insecurities. Amen, somebody. Habakkuk 2. Verses 1. And then we're going to go over to second, uh, 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I will stand up on my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say unto me. We got to wait for it, y'all. Waiting on the instructions from God produces results. Verse, verse, verse 2. Then the Lord answered to me and said unto me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, I'm going to wait for it. Sometimes we got to wait, Brother James. If we don't wait, we'll never see it. <laughs> but we got to take a chance, too. Do you know the reason why Krispy Kreme Donuts is as successful as it is? Because the business owner took a chance. KFC, the colonel, this man fell several times in business prior to him building a multi-million dollar corporation. During the time of 1929, when the stock market crashed, what we call Black Tuesday, five royal family banks removed their money out of the currency during that time, Brother Fred. Did you know that? Did you know that the billionaires, the millionaires of that day, took they, they knew there was something coming, took their money out. That's why they're still around today. Many people don't know that. Chase Bank, where the woman of God works at. J.P. Morgan said, we see something coming. Remove the money. Don't you know that ain't just, that ain't no coincidence? Don't you know that when it comes to our vision, there are times where we got to know when to pull out. We got to know that I'm going to take a chance, but I'm not going to be stupid with the chance that was given unto me because we gamble with our vision. We gamble it. Like God, like God don't, like, like wait a minute, wait a minute, I gave you this to you on paper and you mean to tell me you're going you gonna to risk it? We gamble too much 
with what God showed us. Be careful. Be careful. Because you can take a chance to build it. Possibly might go in debt. We don't know. I'm just saying. But I'd rather fail at trying than not try at all. Maybe this word is just for me, y'all, because I, I feel God in here right now. Hallelujah. We got we to gotta step out and try, y'all. Because if you don't try and set the atmosphere to the impossible and the expectation of something, you'll never see the fruition of it come to pass. Every great visionary has tried. They test it. Don't you know there were many people that really stood up and said, you know what, I'm not going to be a part, I'm not going to be a part of segregation no more. I'm not going to be a part of racism anymore. There's many people before Rosa Parks that literally said, I'm not going, I, I refuse to sit on the back of it. I don't know if anybody know that, but Rosa Parks was not the only one that get, refused to give up her, her seat. The reason why she became popular in what she did is because of timing. It's about timing and what you do. You cannot release anything without, listen, we judge stuff before it's timing. We judge it based, oh, that don't, ooh, it's a nice building on the outside. It's a horrible looking building on the outside. And when we come in, oh, Lord, it's a beautiful building on the inside. It's a nice this out here. We look at stuff based on presentation. But do you know with every great presentation, there are still some cracks in the foundation? There are still some things, even with us. Even with us. People look at us and say, oh, Lord, oh, God. This person, they, 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 they look like, oh, they are wretch undone. I remember, I remember when they was this. I remember that when they was strung out. I remember when they was whoring and doing. They remember all of the negative. They remember, the, they remember when. And I asked God, I said, God, deliver me from people that remember when. Come on here, somebody. They remember when you backslided. They remember when you messed up. They remember when you had, you had an out-of-order moment. We were talking about it last, uh, last week. The pastor said at Nixon, they all, everybody only remember Watergate. They don't ever remember what he was done with Israel. We have got to change our perception of the way we see things because if we don't, we're going to kill people's vision. We're going to kill our own vision. We're going to kill what God is trying to build in us and through us based on what we wrote on paper. Based on what we wrote on paper, y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, me, let's, let us go real quick. God bless you, woman of God that came in. First uh, Corinthians, the sec, uh, second chapter. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
First uh, Corinthians chapter number two, verses three. First, uh, First Corinthians, the second chapter and third verse, and we're talking about the fear factor today. Uh, the things that hinder our vision is basically a part two of last week. Um, this has been good, and uh, I thank God. We. Okay, so. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not persuasive of words of human wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Did anybody just get that? That, that was just a nugget that just... We base... What God show us, showed us on what people say, Brother James. What would the people think if I stepped out and started my business? What would the people think if I put a second mortgage on my house to start my business or start my ministry? What would the people think if I quit my job and went into full-time ministry? That's what I'm doing right now, y'all. I Let me talk about me. I ain't going to talk about nobody. Can I talk about me, y'all? I know God is calling me to full-time ministry. Come on here, bro. But fear will kidnap you and make you think that God ain't with you when he really, when he really is talking to you about you. See, and the worst thing I, I'm learning too, I'm like, God, don't let me be so prophetic where I see the vision for someone else and not see it for my own life. Because we miss that, bro. We see, oh, I see the money. Ooh, praise the Lord. I see the money on the woman of God right here. But when the money, when I, I, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, Lord, Jesus, I got two nickels. Wait a minute, I got five. I got two dimes in my pocket. I'm robbing Peter, Paul, James, John, all of the disciples to get bills paid. Come on here, y'all. But we, if ain't nobody ever been there, they can't, they can't witness that. Come on, I'm going to just tell on myself. I, I had told Brother Jack, I said, listen, bro. I said, bro, I need, I, I need you to break me off. I need you to help me. I need some help right on through here. It's a man thing. I couldn't even go to my mom on this one. See, y'all, yeah, I, I, it ain't nothing to y'all later. I'm just saying it's a man thing. I went to, I, I, I said, listen, I, I got to go to another brother because I'm struggling right on along through here. And God's like, wait a minute. What did I tell you in prayer? He said, I have given you everything that you need is in your house. But we, once again, what would the people say? They're going to call you crazy. I'm, I'm just saying, watch this. Watch this, y'all. Chapter, we, we on verse, verse 5. Verse 4. Let's start on verse 4. And my speech and my, and my preaching were not with pers pers persuasive words of human wisdom, meaning you can't articulate this thing with your, with your uh, as my grandmother say, with your college degree. <laughs> 
but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Verse 6, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Meaning, I got to get around somebody that understands the weight of my prophecy, that understands the weight of my vision. Even when I'm preaching it to somebody else, I got to speak as mature. I can't be operating one minute you up, one minute you down, because there's a lot of unstable people in the body of Christ. We, um, we, sometimes we just paranoid sometimes. Sometimes we are just bipolar. One minute we love God. Then the next minute we just on a spiritual or uh, emotional roller coaster. One minute we want to be in church. Next minute we want to be out in the world. One minute we we're up and down. We're all around. Our emotions are all. And Brother James just said about 10 minutes ago, said, quit allowing your emotions. Quit allowing your emotions to dictate what's in front of you. Because when we do that, we, we kidnap what God is showing us, and we hold it hostage. The fear factor, y'all. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery of the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which is none of the rulers of this age, for had known they not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen. Come on, y'all. When it comes to the vision, you, what God's about to do in your life, man, I, I feel like running a marathon in here, y'all, because what God is getting ready to do, the eyes of men have not seen. Come on, well, I, 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 I already know what God getting ready to do with, with Minister Veronica. They don't even have a clue, sis. They don't even have a clue. Brother Jane, they don't even have a clue. They don't even have a clue, woman of God. They don't even have a clue. We, 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 our perception, what we think God can really do with somebody. Oh, that God can really do this. God can, we don't even have a clue. He said, I have not seen nor ear have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men. Meaning we don't even know, we don't even have the, the consumption to consume what God is going to do. The things which has been prepared for those who love him. So, I mean, we got to stay in the race. We got to keep fighting. We got to keep praying. We got to keep warring for our prophecy. We got to stay posture. Even when we want to cut somebody out, even when we want to punch them, even when we, can't, we can't allow our wisdom or our witness to be tested based on temporary circumstances. But God has revealed unto them, verse 10, God has revealed unto them that through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes. The things that are deep in God. For what man knows the things of man, of a man, except the spirit of the Lord, which is in him. So we got to search what's the spirit of thing. We got to search. We got to see discernment is so key, y'all. Because I believe reason why the enemy robs me sometimes, you know, ties me up, ties me to the railroad track. <laughs> It's because I see things with my own eyes and with the fear of other people. Because I see it through my own eyes. Then I tell somebody, like we were, talk, we were talking about earlier this morning, those that are coming in, the insecurity of people when you reveal your vision too early. And it not only brings a fear into you when they come at you, but it brings a fear to them because, let me tell you something, a lot of the people 
And I'm trying to use an analogy here where we can all understand this through a practical, uh, a pra practical standpoint. When Oprah left her, her, um, her show, she said, now this is what she said. She said, I have an idea what I want to do, but I'm fearful if I put the amount of money that it's going to take to do it, I feel that it's going to fail. Okay. Now her network at the time, she took like $100 million and put into it, started like so many shows at one time. Now she got deals with Tyler Perry, all these other entertainment. She got deals with John Gray, the pastor. She got deals with Joel Osteen. I think T.D. Jakes had his show on there. Uh, Steve, I, I think Steve Harvey got hooked up with her. He helped, she helped him get his own show. All of this stuff came with her with just an idea, bruh. So her idea of starting a network with the money that she had, with the millions that she had, because she surrounded herself with people that saw the vision, now they vision came to pass. In order for God to use us effectively in our vision, you got to surround your people, surround yourself with people that can handle the vision that he's giving you. Even when it's not, it doesn't even feel like it's going to come to pass. You got to surround yourself with people that see what God is showing you and understand the weight behind it. And that's why I said all week, God, give me the capacity to minister to other people based on what I'm going through that I may not hinder them also. Because we were talking about it early. We talk a lot, a great game. But when it come home, when you go home, <laughs> you still got to deal with that devil. <laughs> you got to deal with him on the level that he's at. And the enemy ain't fighting like on the ground no more. He's going up in heavenly places. The Bible said that when Job was there, he was totally oblivious to the conversation. The Bible said he went up to a high place. The sons of God came and the devil came also. Why? He came also to present himself because he knew that Job already was doing what he was supposed to do. Entrepreneurship already in him. Money always flowing. Children successful. Wife successful. So the enemy ain't attacking nobody. Ain't got nothing. Come on here, somebody. The enemy is attacking people that are, have perseverance, that have drive, that have, that have tenacity, that have a focus. The enemy is after people that have a mindset that they want to advance the kingdom. They want to move into things of God. They want to see other people blessed. So if your attack is great, it's because you have a great vision. All oh, praise the Lord. This good. This good. I'm gonna put it in a, another perspective, Tonkin. Yes, sir. I always say, mm -hmm. if the enemy is not after you, you must be his buddy. Come on now. Come on now. You must be his friend. Let's get biblical in here. Y'all remember the, in the Bible when they was crossing over to the other side? Prior to that, Lady V, you know what I'm talking about here now. I know you know. And Fred, no, y'all know. Prior to that, they feed. They fed how many people? With, with five thousand? With I want y'all hear this because we're gonna get biblical here. Soon as they 
got on the move, going to the other side. What happened? The storm came. The enemy ain't bothering nobody that ain't on the move. The enemy didn't bother nobody sitting out there feeding that 5,000. But as soon as they got into the boat and started on the other side, started moving, the storm came. I, I can preach it now. I can preach it. Nothing happened until they got on the move. That's what you're trying to say up there. Yes, sir. Ain't bothering no, if you sitting still doing nothing, you his buddy. You, he all right. You all right with him. Because you ain't doing nothing. I heard Jake say, he was thousands of miles away from home in the air. And they called him and said, something wrong with his son. He said, he person, he didn't send nobody up to the palace. He went up to the palace and told him, turn this plane around. Jake said, the devil knew I was going to another country to preach down the power of God. The devil knew it. So he brought on an attack on his son. He said he walked up to the pulpit and told him, turn this plane around, the cockpit. Told him, turn this plane around. Say he told him, put my son on the phone. Say he can't hear none respond. He said, put the phone to his ear. Jake said he told his son, I'm on my way. Just hold on till I get there. He, he, he said, I know he heard me. He said, he said he told an unconscious boy, he said, just hold on. He said, I'm on my way. You know, he said, he said, he said he told him, just hold on. He said, I'm on my way. You know, he, he said, the, the, the nurse, the doctor, he not respond. He don't understand. He said, put that phone to his ear, he said. Just do it. Jake said he told me to put the phone to his ear and shut up. Do what I tell you. You know? He, he said the devil knew he was on his way to do something great for God. So the devil put a tack on his key. He'll only come at you. Yeah. He'll only come at you when you're doing a work for God. When you're doing something on you're on the move, that's when he'll come at you. But when you're sitting still doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs, waiting on somebody to give you something, devil walk by, oh, he cool, he with me. Yeah. He, he cool, he with me, he ain't doing nothing. Right, right, right. That's right. That's right. He, he ain't doing nothing. Oh, he with me. Hmm. You cool. You, you cool, cool. The, the young one said, you cool, cool. But get up and start doing the work for God. The devil, he, he, he like, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute, hold up. I can't have you doing that. You know, I can't have you, you know, worshiping and I, I can't, no. He, if he can't get to you, you, you know what you said, like, he could go with them babies. And then he, you know, guess what? He get a reaction from you. Oh, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! My bad. Uh, uh. And I done seen some mothers, and I believe this is one right here. And taking off, taking off that jewelry, devil. I'm telling you right now, if it's a fight you want, here's one you gonna get. 
And this one right here get you. She told me years ago. She said, Brother Jane, all jokes aside, she said, if you cross me, I'll get you. <laughs> I believe that right now. <laughs> I believe your mama will get me. <laughs> if, if I cross, see, I believe she Leave up. Every time I say, I'm going to go. I believe. She said they used to call her Peter. Peter was a bad boy. Yes, he was. You know? Peter would cut you if you looked at him wrong. You know, no, you looked at me wrong. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I, I just want to emphasize that and hope y'all get it, that he ain't bothering you if you ain't doing nothing. So we got to have that spirit, not fear. Right. You know, uh, 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 King said it years ago, we shall overcome. That's right. But we can't do it if we walk around with the young folks say scared. If we walk around scared, brother, we can't do it. You know, you 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 gotta walk a walk of boldness. You gotta walk a walk of boldness. That's what the words say. You, you know, when you're scared. It throws off a lot of things when you're scared. It, it, it throws off decision making. And Lady V, you know as well as I do, we have to make decisions every day in our life. And if you're scared, having to make decisions every day, some type of decision you have to make every day. Brother, if there's some type of decision, and if you're scared, man, you're going to be unbalanced. Because you can't make the proper decision that you need to make. And another thing will throw your decision-making off is your attitude. What that message I preach? A bad attitude shows God no gratitude. You better hear what I'm saying. A bad attitude shows God no gratitude. That's what it comes down to. Thank y'all. A bad. We're gonna we're gonna um, go to after I finish reading this in Corinthians. We're gonna run over to uh, John four twenty three, and then. Um, we're going to shut it down after that because this is good. Amen. This is real good. Uh, verse 10, I really wasn't going to go here, but as he was talking, it, it just bear witness to what we're talking about right now. He said, verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. Yes, ma'am. But God has revealed to them, to us, through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep of things. We talk about discernment. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So when people start giving you a prophetic word, listen. Not always because you want to understand or give, uh, uh, give commentary behind it. But it's good to, to weigh the prophetic word to make sure it's lined up with what God showed you. Because if it ain't lining up, Lady V, I throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. I throw it out of darkness because a lot of times 
You know, when, when, when we prophesy, when we prophesy, the Bible said, let, let one stand there and then another one prophesy, but let the one that's hearing weigh what's being said. We have to weigh what's being said that it not only matches up to this written word, but also confirming what God already told you. And a lot of times when we see a lot of prophecies are not coming to pass, it could be one or two things. Even the person that, if the person that is receiving the word, they may not be right at the time, or it could be the person that's giving the word. But we're going to deal with the person that's receiving the word because a lot of time when we hear certain stuff, we say, well, Lord, how can this be? Just like with the whole Zachariah and Elizabeth situation. God had to literally shut this man's mouth. His instruction was go in there and, you know, be with his wife. That's the instruction God gave him. And he shut his mouth because he's like, you know what? If you talk out of term, you're going to mess this thing up. 